Episode 12 of the Dogs of War podcast is brought to you by Zabo Apparel Company, a Cleveland-based veteran-owned clothing company. Look, if I've told you guys once, I've told you a thousand times. If you want your Odell Beckham shirts, your brown shirts, any America, USA, or any other Cleveland team's t-shirts, you have to check out Zabo. That's S-Z-A-B-O apparel.com. Also, do us a favor, rate and subscribe to the podcast Dogs of War on whatever platform you're listening on right now. Big episode coming up. We're done with the bye week. It's Patriots week. We're going to talk about our Sunday off. We're going to bring up the Halloween costumes that people submitted on the Angry Browns fans Instagram, Munilab Payphone, and much more. I'm also going to interview Pat Lane. Pat is the co-host of the Patriot Nation podcast. He's also the writer for Pat's Pulpit on SB Nation to give us a little breakdown and preview of what's to come when we head into Foxborough this Sunday. Buckle up. Here we go. 18 seconds left. He's got the snap. Back to pass. Up in the pocket. Shooting it long and deep. And it's picked off. They got it. Terrence Mitchell's got it. And it's all over here now. They can't take it away anymore. 11 seconds left to go. Mitchell takes the football. He's going to run it down to the best fans. The most patient fans in the league. Right to the dog pound. Up and in he goes. Checkity check, check, check. Mike, one, two, one, two. Are we live? We are live and rolling. Episode 12. Episode 12 of the Dogs of War podcast, El Dose. Is that, is Dose, Ante Dose? Yeah, you're right. Dose is 12 in Espanol. Episode 12, I'm your host, Kevin. Along with your co-host, Raleigh. Wait, is co-host more powerful or less powerful, or are they equal? I think they're very much equal. Okay, good. It's not like it's, hey, this is my show, and then, oh, yeah, this guy's sitting next to me, or vice versa. I just want to make sure if it's it's like we got two Conan O'Briens, not Conan and Andy Richter, or whatever that guy's name is. Or what's the other, uh, who's the guy that does NBA finals? Yeah, see, nobody even knows his name. Yeah. Saying it's a 50-50. Guillermo. Yeah, like, yeah like, I didn't think Guillermo. You're not my Guillermo, and I'm not your Guillermo. We're good. We're both Jimmy Kimmel. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Coming off the bye week, we're going to take you on a Browns audio adventure tonight. Because we have nothing to talk about that is actually productive. There have been no major updates. Oh, we're going to be productive. Well, just in a very unique, creative way that we don't really know how we're going to do it yet. Just firing from the hips. We're wild cards. Absolutely. Let's talk about uh, right now. We'll talk about this more towards the end, I think, but... As we're recording this, the Patriots are mutilating the Jets on Monday Night Football. As we're recording this, it's currently 24 nothing in the first half. <laughs> Their defense looks like it's from another world, quite literally. Um, and Brady is doing things that should not be possible, not just because of his age. or It's just what he's doing right now is, is absurd. I think this is a positive. Kevin, they're going to think we're unstoppable. We can't be touched. Who do we play next week? Oh, the Browns, they're 2-4. and four. There's nothing to fear there. Boom. They overestimate us, underestimate us, excuse me, and we capitalize. One can only hope. Actually, let's talk about it now, not later. I guess let's cover a few things, that some very small news tidbits from the Browns. Uh, Baker started practicing again today. He took a week off from throwing to make sure he's 100%. Freddie in his press conference today said he looked fine, 100% back to normal, was moving around, throwing great. I uh, got over that little injury there. Today, big news, bigger news, I should say, Kareem Hunt was approved by the NFL to start practicing. So today in his first day back, Freddie, of course, he has to say this, but said he looked great, uh, fully recovered from that hernia surgery he got at the beginning of the season, and coming back officially against the Bills at home week 10. So that's all we got. News-wise, other than that, we're just gearing up and trying to put, trying to duct tape some sort of game plan to go into Foxborough next week to play Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, and what is the best defense in the league, and maybe the best we've seen in a very long time right now. So Kevin's going to talk to uh, Pat's Nation analyst, jot down all of the highlights of the Patriots, what they have going for them. Collect all of that information, present it to Freddie somehow. We'll get Freddie to start listening to the podcast, and boom, we have a game plan. Great preview. Yes, I, I will be interviewing uh, the Patriots writer for SB Nation later on this episode. Uh, but before that, 
this coming weekend is when most people celebrate Halloween, correct? I believe it is, Kevin. We start talking about that. So before we started recording, Raleigh and I started talking about Halloween. It is Halloween and New Year's Eve are the most overrated nights of the year. I despise both of them with the fire of a thousand suns. I hate Halloween. Why? Number one, I'm about as creative as a rock when it comes to, well, creativity. With this right now, I'm talking about costumes. I am the worst costume thinker-upper of all time. and never know what to do. So that's really why I hate Halloween. And people make too much of a big deal out of it. If you don't like that take, don't care. On the other side of that, I think Halloween is kick-ass because I am creative. My costumes have traditionally been kick-ass over the years. That being said, since dating my roommate Kate uh, for I don't know how long, but I've toned it down on my crazy Halloween costumes because I'm not trying to embarrass What was her. the craziest one you ever did? Uh, Sexbot 2000. Oh, Jesus. I was, uh, in the year 2000? No, it was in 2011. What is so? What does Sexbot 2000 look like? I was trying to be a cardboard robot, and it wasn't as easy to put together as I thought it would have been. So it was basically just a big cardboard body, and then a cardboard head, and it was robot-ish, and it was uh, made out of cardboard, obviously. And somebody just rode across it, Sexbot 2000. So we rolled with it. My favorite one of all time wasn't my idea, obviously. Me and my roommates were a barbershop quartet. Our costume was absolutely incredible. We were the pitch slaps, <laughs> but didn't really think about this one going into it. Every bar we went to, every bartender made us sing before they would serve us a drink. They said, if you're a quartet, you have to sing something. So we had to like perform the entire night. Did you do well in your singing? We're not singers. We're not anything like that. So we just did like a, a wimboa, a wimboa, a wimboa. And then I tried doing like the in the jungle. Oh, and was it so it's either that's two things. It's either pretty good where you guys crush it or it's bad enough where people enjoy it. And it's kind of funny. But if you're down the middle, lukewarm, that sucks. Where were you? Uh, I think it was so bad. It was entertaining. Nailed it. And not even like trying to like we it was terrible. It was and this awful. guy hates Halloween. I really do. And that was. Uh, yeah. You know, what? back though. We got a few couple few free rounds out of that. But. Wait, so are you and the roommate doing a couple's costume? As of now, we're Wait, not. Wait, what, what are your thoughts on couple's costumes? Because some people are all about it. Some people think it's Cringy. the de- work of the devil. Um, if executed properly, I think they can be strong. But it really, it's a factor of how much effort did you put into it? Yep. How successful was it? A bunch of cheap laughs? Or was it? They tried way too hard, and it doesn't doesn't raise their social status at all. There is no middle ground for couples costumes. Yeah. Zero. It is either, holy shit, that is creative as hell, like I've never seen that, or it's something stupid like you're the king and queen of spades. Yeah. And it's like, that is so pathetic. Why would you even bother doing that? Well, I, I agree with you. The or I- like the, the what's the, the most common one? It's uh, like Dorothy. And the lion or, or something. Mario, Mario and Luigi. Or yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's always Halloween parties to go to. And, of course, there's always the, you don't have to wear a costume. Then you feel like an asshole if you're not bringing a costume or not going in a costume. Yeah. And you get mad at the person hosting it just inside. And it, Yeah, if you go to a costume party and you put zero effort into it because you're too cool, then you just look like, that's when you get made fun of, like, oh, are you a hipster that's too cool to do the mainstream thing? But again, there's no. Then you could look like a complete asshole if you think your costume is good, but it's absolutely horrible. Yeah, there's. Maybe I'm overanalyzing this. I don't know. But good segue into the next part here is Raleigh put up on the Instagram machine at Angry Browns fans, of course. What are some good Halloween costume ideas? And the responses are booming right now. Well, let's play this kid's Muni Lot payphone. We're going to do a mini Muni Lot payphone session. Play oh. it from my guy. I don't even remember what his name is, but play this one real quick. All right, so forget what I just said. For now, we're going to play a quick Muni Lot payphone. Here we go. All right, guys. I got a serious question. I got a Halloween party coming up in about a week and a half, and I got to figure out what I'm going to wear. I've got two options. Ricky Vaughn or Baker? 
I need you guys help trying to figure out which one I should go with. Also, we're going to beat New England next week, but we got to have priorities. It presents – there's strengths in both options, but I think Ricky Vaughn from the movie Major League is the stronger of the two choices. It's pretty easy. You just get a baseball costume, a tribe jersey. Granted, you put – what was this, number 99 on the back? Uh, Vaughn. Vaughn, Ricky Wild thing, Vaughn. 99, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get a 99, duct tape that on the back, get a tribe hat, get the sunglasses, boom, you're in, provided you have dark hair. We're both going to agree with this one. I think it's a more iconic costume, not not knocking Baker here. Uh, I just don't know how you would do Baker. There's going to be a bunch of Bakers, people capitalizing on the mustache and the headband. If you see someone walk in with those glasses in the Indians jersey, you know exactly what it is. And it's a good universe. Even if you're not a Cleveland fan or Cleveland person, I don't know where you're going for this Halloween party, kid, but it's a great costume either way. Yeah, go Ricky Vaughn. No disrespect to Baker. So, yeah, let's go back into costumes now. Um, Put up a questionnaire asking the good followers of Angry Browns fan to list creative costume ideas. There's a bunch of them we're looking at, and uh, let's feed you guys the highlights and give our thoughts on them. What do you say, Kev? Let's do it. An interception or Deshaun Kaiser, pretty much the same thing. Ooh. Can I add pretty something much. onto that? One of the, Darren Ravel tweeted this. Yes, I follow Darren Ravel on Twitter. Someone took a Manziel jersey and wrote, my bad. <laughs> He's the M. And then whatever, my bad. Uh, that's crazy. That is good. I might do something like that. Tim Domes underscore butt underscore it's underscore spooky said, all I'm going to say is I dressed up as Trump once. It can be legendary if you do the voice. We are not a political podcast, but that is undeniably a good Halloween costume. You're going to get uh, a lot of high fives from half of the room and a lot of I hate you's from the other half of the room. Yeah, but the I hate you's can also be like a sucker punch or a beer thrown at your head. So avoid political costumes. Maybe at avoid all political costs. costumes when you're going out, and the purpose of that night is to responsibly and legally of age drink, of course, and <laughs> yeah. not drive while doing so. Next one, a possum, specifically a rally possum. That would be an awesome In Cleveland, possum. that's amazing, yes. And it rhymed, awesome possum. Yeah, and that could help us win against the Patriots. Yeah, so whoever sent that in, please dress as a possum. Kai Guy, 0301, good job. Next one, Uncle Rico, obviously. That is from Napoleon Dynamite. Fantastic costume idea if you can pull it off. One of my favorite movie scenes of all time is when Uncle Rico throws the steak at Napoleon's face. <laughs> Yeah, and he throws it like <laughs> sidearm and weird. That's what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen Napoleon Dynamite, go watch it. It's great. The scary Miles Garrett. Well, Miles Garrett naturally looks scary, so I don't know whoever you are. Make sure you grow about seven inches can and we put pause, on 240 pounds of muscle. Can we pause our Instagram real quick to talk about the lunatic who punched Garrett? Holy crap, I forgot about that. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about... You have to if you listen to this podcast. Miles Garrett was driving last week. A fan like rolled up next to him, you know, said, "Can I take a picture with you?" Hopped out of his car. Garrett rolled his window down a little bit, took a selfie, and the pa- fan softly punched him in the face. Got back in his car and drove away. That, like, what? I have no words for it. Still, I would rather punch a starved pit bull than Miles Garrett. I don't know because that being said. I know Miles Garrett looks scary. He has the ability to crush you. Me knowing what I know after having a podcast and an Instagram fan page, I know that Miles Garrett is a gentle giant. He would look at you, shake his head, and not rip your arms off. But you still shouldn't punch him. I'm not I'm not saying you should punch Miles Garrett in the face. I'm just saying that Miles Garrett not beating the living shit out of that person with their own arms that he ripped out of their sockets makes sense because he's smart and he's gentle. But he could have done all of those things. The person that did that should be in jail, not because he injured Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett said it was like a pillow punch. I think like it's a direct quote. The the psychotic nature of a person who would punch one of the most powerful defensive players, football players, just people out there right now, that there's something deeply, severely scarily wrong with this person's brain we call this pre-crime they should be just locked away forever that's kind of person who does something 
terrible down the road. Yeah, like, what's the next thing they do? That's so insane. that person needs to be locked away forever. Let's get back to the Instagram Halloween costume ideas. Gardner Minshew, good costume idea. That guy. That's a hell of a guys. costume because yeah. he just is a he is a Halloween costume personified. Yeah, that, you're going to see a lot of those this year, and it, you should. They're great. Next one, somebody suggested Kevin. Shout out you, Kevin. They're talking about you. That'd be one scary costume. I'll be tell a, you that. It'd be a handsome costume that hates Halloween. Real scary costume. What's next? The victory fridge. Somebody did that Ooh, last year. Numerous did people did that last year. I should post that as a repost, throwing that back to last year, but the victory fridge I like that idea. is a fantastic costume, and it should be worn every year for years and years to come. John Dorsey. You can execute Why not? that. Yeah, you get the gray sweatshirt. That's that an easy Browns. costume. They'll know what you're going and for. And it's a good costume. Scottish hammer, absolutely. Oh, man. Now, if any of you are going to do the Scottish hammer, you do not do it ironically. You go all out. You purchase no, fake abs kilt, if you need to. Getting a kilt, get like a plastic or a blow-up hammer. Yeah. And you buy his actual jersey, not yeah. some knockoff you thing ha- from India or China. Have to have the kilt. You ha- oh, can you get fake bagpipes? Oh yeah, yeah. I like. I might. I might do this. Yeah, we're back. You're back on Halloween. I think I just. I'm now back on Halloween. I think officially. Good job, D Trees yes. Forty Five. You converted Kevin. You brought him back into the spirit of Halloween. Scottish Hammer kilt costume is my favorite right now. All right, well, let's end on that and move on to the actual Munilot payphone where I asked our beloved listeners to describe what they did in this incredibly boring bye week. Here we go. Leave a message. Leave a message. Cleveland Browns, 54, New England Patriots, zero. Go Brownies! (laughs) I got to say, it was very nice having a bye week. Um, I didn't have to cry about the Browns because, unfortunately, they've kind of let me down. But I still have faith in Baker. I still have faith in Freddie. And it was nice to have a weekend focusing just on college football. So, go Browns. And in college football, go Liberty Flames. Don't sleep on them. But the Browns, we're pulling this upset over the Pats this week. Just you wait. Go Brownies, baby. <laughs> As always, thank you to everyone for calling into the Muni Lab payphone. They Liberty are Flames! Let's go, baby. Liberty Flames. Flame up. Is flame that, out. It's got to be their the motto. Hell. What is Liberty? Flame on, baby. Let's do it. Light them up. Responsibly. Legally. <laughs> what did you do on your Sunday off? What did I do on my Sunday off? Oh, I made creme brulee for the office this month. Shut up. I swear to God. I got the, how the it. hell do you make creme brulee? All right. Well, Can for, you spell creme brulee? Creme brulee. Serious question. C-R-E-M-E space brulee. Brulee has a bunch of weird uh, like s- little squigglies. things on top. Yeah. I, yeah I, I entirely depend on autocorrect. Uh, I can't spell it. That's why, I, like, I'm not knocking you if you can't. I, yeah, just, I can impress. I can spell it to enough where it auto corrects into what it is, and I can make it, and I am good at it. Uh, as it turns out, I am a very good chef and a Isn't good a baker. Baker. Oh, Ooh, baker! Hey. hey, the old Cleveland creme brulee <laughs> hey. recipe. And I have a baker. Another costume idea right there. Yeah, actually, I already Cleveland have Cleveland creme brulee. Um, but yeah, I made it for my coworkers. A bunch of them wanted it. They knew, or I at least told them that I make it. They didn't believe me, so I brought in six of them with the blowtorch that I got from Bed Bath and Beyond. And it was like twenty five bucks. Easy with the free advertising. Yeah, it was kick ass, and I, I think I'm getting some kind of a promotion as a result of it. Well, congrats on the promotion. This, it, I don't think I think people think I was kidding when I say this. This I tweeted it from the DOW Twitter. This weekend is one of my top three favorite weekends of the calendar year. It is the most stress-free. There's no Browns football to get all pissed off and riled up about. Just enjoy watching the rest of the league, even though I'm horrified watching the Patriots and the Jets right now. Uh, Yeah, what did I do? I watched all the other teams play football. I I watched my Chicago friends lose their minds. Uh, 
I watched my Wisconsin friends celebrate maybe one of the best Aaron Rodgers performances of all time. Uh, so I just got to be a spectator all around yesterday. It was very fantastic. Uh, I didn't wake up angry and hungover today. Uh, so yeah, all in all, by week, by Sunday was fantastic. I'm very nervous now going into this week and what next weekend will provide. So we're back to uh, our normal, <laughs> our normal mental state. Back to square one. Crippling yes. anxiety our that we have over. no ability to do anything about. Just hope and pray. Speaking of this game. Uh, I was able to interview a Patriots writer from SB Nation. I want to jump into that right now, and we'll come back right after that to finish this off. We now welcome on Pat Lane from SB Nation's Pat's Pulpit, also the co-host of Patriot Nation Podcast. Pat, how are we doing, sir? Doing good. Feeling good, man. It's Tuesday night. Patriots just uh, laid the uh, laid the boomstick on the uh, on the Giants last night, so uh, things are things are good around here. Yeah, it must be nice. I that game was over in what halfway through the first quarter. I was it was unbelievable. I mean, just just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that that team, uh, the Patriots go on a sixteen play drive, score a touchdown, and then two plays into the you know the second offensive play of the Jets, he throws a pick, and you're just like, it's just. I mean, yeah, no, it was it was it was over before it started. Yeah, it was real <laughs> encouraging to watch that. Now we have to play you guys in six days or five days, so. Uh, well, it's yeah, a short really, week, at least. You got that going for you. Really appreciate and, that showing last night. But actually, I want to talk about more about that. Um, sure. Talk about your your growing up. You know, are you from the New England area? You know, I know you you write for SB Nation. You have your yeah. podcast. Have you grown up a Pats fan? Oh, I guess man. You, where'd you get your start? Yeah, so my dad's been a lifelong fan. He, he uh, in 1967, won a pair of season tickets uh, when the Patriots played at Fenway Park. And uh, then in 71, when they finally built the stadium for them, they moved around for, you know, 11 years and they didn't even have a stadium. So they uh, they built the stadium in 71 and he got tickets with his family in 71. And they basically had him up until my grandfather died in 82, 83. My grandfather died um, and uh, they get they got rid of him like the year after it wasn't the same. And I had just been born in 84 and my 16th birthday gift was a ticket, um, and that was the year 2000. So my dad's had them, had these tickets since 93. When Parcells bought the team, uh, I'm sorry, when Parcells got hired, he went, he went, he went and got tickets uh, that day. And my 16th birthday gift was a ticket, and I've been to pretty much every home game since the year 2000. So uh, I just, I've grown up with it in my blood. I got three kids now. They love the Patriots. They know a ton of the Patriots players' names, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So we have, you know, we have fun with it, and it's been. A lifelong thing for me, and I, you know, I'll be at the game on Sunday, and I'm at I'm at basically every every home game, so it's great. So I feel like a lot of Patriots fans that I talk to or read what they're writing and tweeting, they say they're diehards because they've been there since 2000, or right when Brady came in. Right. You've been there for way before that, so you're right. like hardcore loyalist here. Well, I mean, I was I was I was telling you off air, like when I was in middle school, I got made fun of for wearing Patriots stuff to school, you know, in middle school. I can't even believe that. Which is crazy, right? I can't even wrap my head around that. It's unbelievable. Now, now that was the year that was 96 and they went, they ended up going to the Super Bowl that year and no one ever said a word after that. But, you know, that was sixth grade and it was like people like, oh, you know, the Patriots suck. What are you doing? And I'm like, listen, it's the hometown team. Like, you can't make fun of me for this, you know? And then so but it is it's crazy to think that, you know, that that was happening what like that? I mean, I guess now it was twenty five years ago, but you know, it's like it was crazy to even think it was happening at all at any point. Yeah, it must be nice. Um, yeah. you know, maybe someday <laughs> I can relate. It's nice that you know your your kids don't know anything but glory. No, you know, I, I'm thirty one. I don't know anything but pain. So listen, my my daughter is in third grade. She's eight years old. She has never been alive in a season where the Patriots did not make the AFC Championship game. They've been in the AFC Championship game every single year since she's been alive. So like she doesn't even know like as far as she knows football goes until the last weekend in January. It just like it just does, and sometimes it goes further than that, and sometimes it doesn't. But it just always goes that far. It's she doesn't know anything different. So, you know, for those people that don't know, I, you know, we might have a lot of younger or a lot of younger listeners. Bill Belichick was once the coach of the Cleveland Browns. Sure was so, you know, when he went to New England and then Tom Brady got drafted. You know, this started the greatest dynasty this league's ever seen. So. I guess, you know, if you feel like you want to, you know, say thank you to Cleveland, hey. you know, publicly or, you know, you know, if you guys feel like you're indebted to us for letting you guys take Bill Belichick, he's that asshole art model. Um, <laughs> now's the time to do it. Uh, listen, I, I do. I have to say thank you very much for running the coach out of town, for hating him so much that 
you know, you booed him every time he showed up at the stadium and thought he was a terrible coach and, and you know, and ushered him out. And no, no, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, really, it, it you know, times ended pretty tough, in, you know, in Cleveland, but Belichick wasn't quite there yet. So he learned a lot from that experience, I think, you know, and, um, and look, I mean, <laughs> it sounds terrible, but I mean, they won a Super Bowl a few years later. Of course, they were in Baltimore, but I mean, like the, the franchise itself won. Won a Super, which doesn't really help you guys out, which is just terrible. Like that should count for you guys. That should count. Like that should that should be a championship for you guys, not for friggin' Baltimore. I remember vividly being in first grade and getting yelled at. And actually, I got detention in first grade for saying Art Modell go to hell. <laughs> I remember my dad saying that, and so I got yelled at. Didn't know what I was even saying at the time. Oh, but so uh, let's talk about you've been a lifelong fan. When did yeah. you start writing and podcasting about the Patriots? So about two and a half years ago, I started podcasting. I just. Uh, but uh, my brother-in-law, actually, my sister got married last weekend. My brother-in-law, or I guess soon-to-be brother-in-law, is a huge Patriots fan or a huge sports fan. And I was like, let's just start a podcast. So we just started podcasting together, and um, I started writing, you know, kind of separately from that. We got picked up by a small, uh, you know, by a small group. And then uh, SB Nation kind of noticed some of the stuff I was doing, so they asked me to come write for them. So I did. And then, you know, they were they were extending uh, their podcast, what you know, what they were doing on their podcast network. This was last November. So they asked me to come over and start a, a new podcast with them. And so um, I grabbed a co-host of mine that, that um, you know, Ryan Spagnoli, who I had known from the small site that we had worked at. And, and he had actually kind of brought me over to SB Nation, uh, to Pat's pulpit. And so we kind of joined forces and um, and we've been doing it ever since. And it's, it's, it's great. We have a blast. And now there's there's three shows. So the way Pat, the way SB Nation works is that there's multiple shows on each feed. So if you if you uh, subscribe to the Pat's Pulpit uh, podcast, if you subscribe to the feed, you get a show every day. And like our show only comes out on Fridays, but there's the Instant Reaction show, and there's there's two other shows. There's the Sco Show with Mark Schofield and and the Patriot uh, Pat's Pulpit podcast as well, which comes out twice a week as well. So there's stuff going on every single day, and so you're getting our stuff, but you're also getting everyone else's stuff too. So it's it's really cool, and uh, and it's a good way. It's almost like I don't know how talk radio is in, in Cleveland, but talk radio in Boston is like Pressing. insufferable. It's insufferable. They're just, you know, people, you hate listening to it because people are either super negative or super positive or there's other stuff. And you just like, it's annoying. And so, you know, it's a good way. It's almost like a, a replacement for the radio where it's like you get, you know, a half an hour to an hour every day of, you know, of content that you can listen to for Patriots stuff. And, it, you know, it's a good outlet for, for Patriots fans. Yeah, so it sounds like the, pretty much the perfect storm of everything coming together there. You know, your podcast, yeah. Pat's Nation, and it sounds like you guys have a lot of a lot of eyes and a lot of different audiences from around Pat's Nation that are built into seeing your guys' podcast, which is awesome. Uh, I guess, help me understand, you guys, Boston has won 50 championships in the last 20 years. What makes talk radio, you know, you guys get to talk about fun I things. I know, I know. You don't get that in Cleveland. No, so help me understand don't. why it's miserable. Because the thing is, the is hosts? That it's crazy, right? It, because the host, right? And the thing is this, right? Is that, you know, positivity doesn't sell, right? Positivity doesn't bring ratings, right? The, the the whole point is that you're trying to get people to call in. And so a lot of the shows are, you know, saying ridiculous things or making these things up or, you know, and they'll spend more time. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. For instance, this week, they'll probably spend way more time on the Brady Netflix thing than they will on, you know, the Giants game or the Browns game, because that's what they'll talk about, because that's what will sell. And, you know, Adam Schefter came out with a report about Brady's done. You know, Brady's probably going to leave New England at the end of the year, which who knows if that's going to happen or not. But Schefter said it, so they're going to talk about that all week. So all week it'll be the Netflix thing and the Schefter thing. And, yeah, eh, they'll talk about the Giants a little bit. And, yeah, they'll talk about the Browns a little bit. But for the most part, it'll be all that other stuff. And it's just trying, it's basically just trying to get people upset so they call in and argue back and forth with the hosts. And it just gets... After a while, you know, the the game, it just it's it's like, all right, what are we doing? Like, I want to hear someone actually give me an informed take on what's going on in the field. And you're not doing that. So, like, you know, I got to go somewhere else to find that, basically. I long for the day when if it ever happens, which it probably won't, where it we have to find ways to be negative about our sports. Right. Teams. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what that's like, but hopefully someday I can relate and look back on this conversation right now. And think about that. Well, I'll, th- I'll tell you what I'm telling you. This Cleveland team now, I, everyone was everyone was uh, was hyping them up big time uh, in the preseason, and I thought that was crazy. I thought you know you look at this team and it was kind of like a 
it's almost I, it reminded me of when Philly tried to put that dream team together. You know, when they signed Namdi Asawan, they did all this stuff back. You know, back I don't even know how many years. Chip it was. Kelly, geez, ten years ago or something like that. Yeah, and they signed like all these guys, and like, oh my God, look at the talent they have on this team, and they're going to be unbelievable, and they just fell apart. And and so I, I think the Browns are better than that because I think you have a legit quarterback in Baker. I don't know about Freddie. I don't know how, you know if he's a good coach or not. It seems like he might not be, but I don't know. I mean, he's he's a young coach, so who knows? We'll see what happens. But there's enough talent where I think if you give it a year or two for these guys to gel and mesh with each other, that you could have something there. But the problem is that it takes some time to build that chemistry up, and it, it also takes some time in this situation to learn to be winners, man, because, like, it just it's it takes a while to break out of that funk of, like, just constantly losing and constantly being the losing team to change that mindset to we're not losers anymore, we're winners. It takes a while to get out of that, and so – I have confidence that the that Cleveland will at least be competitive for the next few years. Now, again, does that mean they make the playoffs? Does that mean they win the Super Bowl? I don't know. But, you know, but to me, I, I think you have enough talent there. And I think Baker's the real deal. I really do. I mean, he's going to have some growing pains and everything else like that. But I think he's the real deal. And Nick Chubb is a beast. So, you know, you got some things going for you. You hit the nail on the head right there. And I think that's where the Browns fans are. It's, you know, kind of that that nation divided right now. You got some people coming in from over the summer saying, oh, you know, we're going 10 and six or 12 and four. And the other half of us are saying, you know, let's just get a winning season first. Let's right. get to nine and seven. Because, yeah, we have all these great new toys coming in. Odell, we have a quarterback for the first time in my life. Um, <laughs> but, you know, on paper, it looks incredible. But it still has to come together on the field. Until then, we're still the Cleveland Browns we've been for a very long time. Um right. And, and like you said right there, you know, and the reason why the Patriots have always been so successful is Belichick always says it or everyone always says it. They don't always have the best players. They find the right players. Right. And they buy into that culture. Now, yeah, we don't know if Freddie's the guy yet. Um, there's just too little of a sample size right now to make any kind of judgments. And like I've been saying the past couple podcasts here for people listening, um, I'm not saying we're too far away. Maybe having to make that distinction if he's the, the right or the wrong guy. But we need a little more, a little more time to assess that right now. But right. I, I do think, regardless, is that culture that you know you see in New England and you know like a Pittsburgh Steelers minus the last year or so. But you know those yeah. guys like Tomlin, Belichick, the guys that don't put up with any of that bullshit, that nonsense. You know, if you do any of that stuff, you're gone. They cut guys so easily if they don't fit into that mold. And I do think Baker has the attitude. Freddie has the attitude. Dorsey has the attitude of, you know, no more games, no more messing around. Like we're trying to instill something like that here. Um, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But, hey, speaking of the Patriots, uh, last night, as you started alluding to at the beginning here, uh, was an absolute massacre. You guys went in to New York Jets and tore them apart, ripped them shreds to shred. Um, and I saw the article you wrote this morning is verbatim. The exact same text I sent to my Cleveland buddies last night was, this defense is scary. Yeah. So I guess in all your years as being a fan in the, you know, the Brady Belichick regime, where does this year's defense, you know, seven games in, you guys are undefeated, no big deal. Where does this defense rank amongst all the defenses you've seen in the Brady era? I mean, it's up there, man. It's the 0304 team was so good. That defense was unbelievable. And they had guys like McGinnis and Vrabel and Bruschi and all, you know, and, and, and Harrison and all those guys, like they were, unbelievable but this defense man and again i don't know like maybe it's because they haven't played anyone i don't know but they are just dominating people i mean you look at the jets now halfway through the third quarter the jets had eight drives okay in those eight drives they had four interceptions a strip sack a safety that's six a punt and a turnover on downs that was their eight drives so like it's just they're, they're just completely 100% dominant, and they don't let anything happen. I saw more zero blitz, cover zero blitzes than I've ever seen in my entire life. And and so for those of you out there that don't know what cover zero blitz is, it's really simple. You play man coverage across the board. You get no safety over the top. Everyone's man-to-man, -man and you just blitz everybody else. So you send, you know, you leave four corners out covering whoever runs out on their route, and you blitz seven guys, and you just hope you get to the quarterback. And Donald was running for his life he was running scared throwing off his back foot and throwing terrible interceptions and so a few of those happened i would say at least two of, i i have to look at the film but at least two of them happened 
on on zero blitzes. They just completely dominated them. And they just basically said, we're coming for you, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. And you know what? If you're going to pass, great. Stand back there and pass, but you're not going to be able to do it. And they weren't able to do it. And that's that type of bravado I haven't seen in a long time from the from Patriots defense. The 4 team, I think, is the most complete team I've ever seen from the Patriots, even compared to the 7 team because that defense was so good. But if this defense keeps doing what they're doing, I mean, they have 18 interceptions after seven games. 18. They have right now, they have a 175-point differential through seven games. 175 points. That's second all-time behind, behind the 19 – and some 19-20 team. It's the highest since 1920. That's when football didn't even, like – we weren't even throwing forward passes back then. So, like, they're just 100% completely dominant. And, again, I think it's going to be a good test this weekend against Cleveland. And I know Baker has struggled at times, but they got some weapons, right? They got Chubb. They got OBJ. They got Landry. They have guys that can actually beat you. And then next weekend, too, against uh, against Lamar Jackson, I think it's going to be interesting. And then, of course, you know, you have Mahomes coming up and, and, uh, and the Eagles and, and the Cowboys as well. But, like— if this defense keeps doing what they're doing, I mean, this this forget about forget about the best defense in Patriots history. This is gonna be the best defense in NFL history by far if they keep up what they're doing. Now, I don't think they can, just because what they've been doing is so ridiculous. But like, to me, at least right now, it's it's at least at at worst top three defense that Belichick's ever had at worst. Yeah, we got Donald running around because he's seeing ghosts. Right, you know, some of those passes he was throwing legitimately into the stands, not even just yeah. to throw it out of bounds. He was trying to hit fans in the stands. So, yeah, it was horrifying. Uh, yeah. You know, Donald said he was seeing ghosts. I was also seeing ghosts of this right. weekend, uh, watching that. Um, <laughs> it'll be I interesting, mean, though. I mean, you you said, I mean, all right, you guys say you you, you play some weak teams that may right. or may not be true, whatever. But uh, do you even see any? matchup issues or any weakness in this defense I, I think i saw one one person wrote somewhere like maybe a penalty here and there was like their biggest right weakness which blows my mind because i want that as my only weakness right well i mean and the penalties look they play physical I and mean, that's the thing about them is that they play physical jc jackson who was an undrafted rookie last year plays physical he got called for three pass interference penalties one of them i thought was bogus one of them was nah fine and the other one was stupid. He just put his he put his hand on his shoulder to jump up and try to catch a ball that was ten feet over his head. So like he shouldn't have just. I mean the ball was way over his head. It was just a dumb play by him. Um, but either way, you know, it, it's one of those things where I don't see. I mean the weaknesses are not are few and far between, man. They're few and far between. I mean honestly, what what it's going to take is a great offensive line and a great running back to really kind of gash them in the run game and force them to get into like a more of a base defense to try to stop the run and get some of those guys off the field. Because the thing is that their secondary is so deep that Jonathan Jones is their, is their slot, you know, is their, is their third cornerback, really their fourth cornerback. And he's had a phenomenal year. I mean, he at one point was the number one ranked cornerback on pro football focus. And he was, he's their fourth, he's their fourth corner. So like, you know, they've just been – they've been unbelievable. So if you can force them to get into a base defense, and they have some great linebackers. I, you know, I love the linebacking core with Hightower and Bentley and Van Noy and Collins. They've been great this year. But the thing is, is that if you can if you can force them into a base defense to stop the run and then throw on them, maybe force them into some sort of zone coverage or something like that, that's where they can be susceptible if you're going to let them play man and they can stop the run, you just you're not going to beat them if they're playing man. You're just not going to. Maybe you'll beat them with you know with one over the top, but it's just not going to happen. They're the best man coverage team in the NFL, and so if you let them stay in that man to man and you let them play you know with three or four corners, you're toast. You're toast. So to me, if I'm the Browns, I try to run it. I bring out a fullback. I bring out Nick Chubb. I bring out a tight end, maybe even two. And I try to just shove it down their throat, hit the edge maybe, and just see what I can do because you're not going to beat them throwing the ball, certainly against man coverage. Now, maybe, again, like I say, you force them into some zone coverage because, you know, they got to play a base defense of 4-3 or something like that, maybe. But if you, if they're playing man on you, I don't care who it is, OBJ, Landry, it doesn't matter. You're not going to beat them if they're playing man. Freddie Kitchens, if you're listening to this, which I think you are, I uh, hope you're writing every <laughs> bit of this down. We need all the help we can get. But yeah, uh, you know everything you're saying is is my, some, all my biggest fears this coming Sunday. So it's definitely going to be an outrageous 
uh, three hours of my life one way or the other. Uh, yeah. You know what I was when I was most when I got most nervous last night watching the Patriots for this upcoming game is, yeah, the defense is great. Yeah, Brady's still Brady. Yeah, Sonny Michelle had under 50 yards rushing and scored three touchdowns. Nonetheless, it's I saw Belichick smile twice. Oh, yeah. That oh, guy, I don't think I, fun. he hasn't smiled. I, I've never seen him smile. I mean, I don't watch him every week like you guys do, but no, he doesn't smile. So when he was smiling, I was like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Something's cooked. Uh, he's having fun, man. They're all having fun. I mean, he's got, you know, Landon Roberts, a uh, linebacker playing fullback. He had James Ferentz, who was, a, who was the backup center playing fullback at one point on the goal line. Like, they're out there having fun, man. They're having a blast. They're, you know, they're running different trick plays. They're doing different things. They, I mean, because as a, as a defender, like, you like nothing more than pinning your ears back and going to get a guy, Right. And so, like, that's what they've been doing consistently all year long. So these guys love that. And then, again, they're, you know, they're doing different things on on special teams. And they're doing – I mean, it's just been – everything's been coming up roses. And I loved last night uh, – you know, I don't know if you saw it or not, but, you know, last night they got the um, – they took the delay game. It, oh, yeah. it was it, it was wild. Back and, forth. and so – and it was really interesting because Belichick loves doing that stuff. But he did this a few years back. Jeez, it was – I can't remember how long ago – I think it was Arizona they played. I want to say it was a preseason, but I don't think it was. Either way, there was a rule where you could call two timeouts in a row. And he was like, two timeouts in a row? That's stupid. We should change that rule. And then it was like, nah, we don't need to change that rule. It's fine. You can call two timeouts in a row. So who cares? No no big deal. So they're playing against Arizona, and Arizona's lining up to kick a field goal. Belichick calls timeout. And everyone's like, oh, he's icing the kicker. No big deal. Then they line up to kick, up, they kick the field goal again. And everyone's like, all right, no big deal. Like, we're going to kick it. Because now he can't call. He's not going to call another timeout. Second timeout in a row. And they're just about to snap it. Boom. He bangs another timeout. And and the kicker ended up missing the kick. The next week they changed the rule. So Belichick did the same thing this time. He's looking at it like, so I, you're telling me I can just run the clock. They ran 80 seconds off the clock. They could have ran another 40. That's 120. That's two full minutes off the clock without even running a play if you're going to take the five, if you're going to take the five-yard penalties. And the Jets didn't even want to take the five-yard penalties. I believe after the third one, it's a 15-yard penalty, and the clock yep. stops. But that's two full minutes you can run off the clock if the clock is running. Two minutes. That's crazy. And at the end of a game, if you're in that situation where you get the ball at the 40-yard line, okay, I'll take a five-yard delay game penalty. I'll take a five-yard false start penalty. And then I'll take a 15-yard penalty on top of that, and I'll still pin you inside the 20 because I'm – what, I'm kicking from what? My own 30? Like it's not – it's not like I'm it's not like I'm backed up super far. So in that situation, it's a bad rule. You if you do delay a game once, the clock should stop and that should be the end of it. And you know, so I think that that was something that Belichick has probably talked about, has looked at and you know, and was just kind of messing and with the Jets it was great because the Jets were like, "No, we'll decline it." I've never seen I've never in my life seen a, a false start penalty declined before. Never seen it. I didn't even know you could do it, to be honest with you. But they declined the false start penalty, which is crazy. That's when and he was said, laughing. That's when awesome. he was laughing. You know, and so it was one of those things where Belichick's like, all right, yeah, fine, okay, we want the five yards, but I don't want it that bad. Whatever, we'll just kick it. You know, it's just like, but again, he's trying to prove that point where we should probably change this rule. You know, and he, of course, he draws attention to it, and now the rule will probably get changed because that's what happens. That's one of the times he was laughing. Yeah, and yeah, I, I couldn't believe it either. And I think, be, you know. Above and beyond the, the on the field, my biggest uh, fear of this match this coming weekend is going to be a first-year coach, any first-year coach, I don't care who yeah. it is, against Bill Belichick. So that'll be fun to watch. But uh, uh, And a quarterback, too. First- and second-year quarterbacks historically do just horrendously against the Patriots as well. So first-year coach and a second-year quarterback, it, it's it, – I mean, history is not on your side. Yeah, but records <laughs> are meant to be broken. Are they That's not? true. I suppose that is true. So – Tom Brady, you got this guy that's pretty good quarterback. Yeah, you know he's all right. Probably the best of all time. No big deal. Uh, I keep seeing all these things, all these talking heads. You know, Boston people, not Boston people, Patriots haters, Patriots lovers. You know, they keep saying that. You know, I take your defense. You know, eighty-five Bears better or not, whatever. They're saying right. that. You know, they're covering up Brady not having an incredible season. Right. I'm yeah. not saying he's having a record-breaking season or whatnot. You know, I don't know his stats down to the, you know, the digit right now, of course. No, right. But yeah. he's still Tom Brady. You guys are 7-0. He's right. still doing some incredible, ridiculous things out there. So I guess, what do you see of him this year? Do you even see him slowing down a little bit? And how long is this guy going to keep playing? Like I, I mean, 
it's so, gotta it's gotta end it has yeah, to end i mean at Please. some point right he'll die at some point so you know maybe he'll be i mean who knows not but, like that <laughs> i mean you know hopefully not for another like 55 years but i mean you know it's it's gonna happen at some point you know i'm not talking about his life uh, his career yeah his career i mean no no i know i i uh I, sh- I don't know i mean his career could go on forever as far as i'm concerned i have no idea yeah. I will say the one thing I've been saying for the last like two years or so, he did the Tom versus time on, on Facebook. Okay. During the Tom versus time is a scene where he's talking to Giselle and you know, they're talking about how much longer you're going to play for or whatever. And he looks at her kind of with a smile and he's like, it's just two more. And he's not talking about seasons. He's talking about Super Bowls, In my opinion, he's got one of them since then. So uh, the question is, does he have seven in mind? Is that number in his head? And if that number is in his head, will he retire if, when and if he gets seven rings, right? If they were to win this year, does that mean he retires at the end of the year? And I don't know the answer to that question. I think at a, at, at a certain point, it just becomes a little ridiculous. I know he wants to keep playing forever. He wants to play to 45. He really does. But I just wonder if he gets number seven. And at that point, at, at seven, he has more Super Bowls than any other franchise in the history of the NFL. Forget about... Forget about any other player. He has more than any other, obviously, other than the Patriots. He has more than any other franchise in the history of the NFL. So at that point, it's not even, and he has more than Jordan. And so it's like you start looking around, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, this is this is ridiculous. And so I kind of have that in the back of my head where if they win this year, I wouldn't be surprised to see him walk away. But then again, I also wouldn't be surprised to see him say, no, I'm playing a 45. I told you I was playing a 45. That's what I'm doing. So I don't know. As far as his play this year— Look, he's had times where if you and, – and historically this has been true about him. If you could get pressure in his face with seven guys – I'm sorry, with four guys and put seven guys back in coverage and you know play man or maybe some zone or whatever and you can get pressure on him quickly, you can disrupt him. And you know that's been proven in the 07 Super Bowl. It's been proven you know, uh, in the 09 playoff game against the Ravens. It's been proven in the you know 13 playoff game against the, against the, the Broncos. So – it happens. Now, it doesn't happen often because you have to play a nearly perfect defensive game to do that. But you can do it. And you've seen it at times here with Brady where he had a really bad game. Um, shoot, I can't remember even what game it was, to be could be completely honest with you. At home, a home game, he just struggled um, a few weeks ago. But, you know, overall, he's had a pretty good year. He's, you know, and he's had a lot of guys injured. Josh Gordon's been in and out. You know, Edelman's been hurt, you know, banged up a little bit here and there. Dorsett's been in and out. So, like, you know, the first-round wide receiver hasn't been really – hasn't played yet. So, you know, a lot of things have been going on. A lot of changes have been happening. You know, I think for for what they expect of him and for what is around him, he's had a pretty darn good year, right? He's not MVP of the of the, of the NFL right now. But he's playing pretty well and certainly good enough, you know, for them to win every game. And so if the defense continues to play the way that – play the way they're playing, or even 75% of the way they're playing, Brady's playing definitely well enough in order for them to win the Super Bowl, for sure. So when you say you don't understand if you retired, if you guys go 17-0, Super Bowl, he gets his seventh, yeah. he walks away. How, yeah. do you, how, how do you – I know you're not trying to think about that. or No, like, no, right. Yeah. How, how does Boston react to that? Are they like, okay, you gave us the best 20 years we'll ever have and any franchise we'll ever have, or do you think, no, no. we can still keep doing this for two no. or three more years? uh-uh. No, I don't care. He could retire tomorrow, and and he's done enough. It doesn't matter. Like, it's Tom Brady. Like, he's done everything. And so, you know, if he walks away, as far as I'm concerned, he he's earned the right to decide when he wants to walk away. Now, the Patriots, I think at a certain point, if his play starts to decline to a point where it's hurting the team and Belichick decides to move on, I mean, like, that would be a monumental move. But we all know Belichick has the stones to do that, right? And so he's certainly not at that point yet. If Brady decides at the end of the year, hey, we win the Super Bowl, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, if he decides at the end of the year, like, hey, listen, I'm going to hang him up, I'm going to walk away, it's been enough, or whatever, I, it doesn't matter why. If he leaves, then I say, hey, you know, you gave me the, you gave us 20 uh, unbelievable years. Even if he leaves, which I don't think he will, but Adam Schefter was talking about this, even if he leaves and plays somewhere else, which I just can't imagine he's going to, I mean, maybe Tennessee, because Tennessee has, has, of a semi-competitive team and no quarterback, maybe, and Vrabel's the coach there, like, okay, maybe. But beyond that, where the hell is he going to go? You, you you don't have a chance to win a Super Bowl anywhere but here as far as, like, guys that aren't, you know, stationed in a quarterback, right? He's not going to Kansas City. He's not going I to got a team Dallas. For him. He's not. 
Yeah, shut up, okay? So, no. <laughs> but, but I mean, but, you know, but the thing is, like, Cleveland, right, isn't going to take him. They got Baker. So, it's like. It's the least you guys could do, though, after we gave you Belichick, after we gave you oh, Collins yeah. back last oh, year, okay. after yeah, we gave you Josh okay. Gordon sure. back last year. I mean, it's time to, to reciprocate <laughs> this a little bit. Listen, I will gladly trade Danny Shelton back if you want him. I mean, Danny Shelton's a great player, very good player on the interior. If you want him back, I mean, I think Bill could probably work something out with you guys. You I've know, seen Belichick patting him on the back multiple times this season, and always makes my really stomach well. turn. Yeah, he's played really well this year. He, he, he didn't do that for us. No, and you know what? Last year he really struggled. Last year he was he was a um, healthy scratch multiple weeks last year, like a lot of weeks last year. He had a really really tough year. And then he turned it on in the playoffs. He really, really stepped his game up in the playoffs and really just recently has started really playing well and has become a factor in this team uh, this year. But last year was, man, everyone was talking about, oh, my God, you have a third-round pick for this bum. He can't even get on the field. And and he's turned that narrative around pretty darn quickly this year. So, But it's, yeah, he was playing a lot like he was playing in, in Cleveland, uh, you know, last year. And something changed. I don't know what happened, but something happened. And I know what and happened. He's been, he's been good. Yeah, he's <laughs> One team's trash because Belichick's treasure every uh, single time. Yeah, it that. never fails. I knew as soon as he went, as soon as Josh went, I, I said, I cannot believe I'm going to watch those two guys win a Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, guess what? Yeah. Uh, last question about Brady. Sure. Um, and we'll let you get back to your life here in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Does Belichick go when Brady goes? Oh, man. That's a great question. Will they, so will they, will they walk out together into the sunset? <sighs> That's the age-old question, man, because the thing is is that if I'm Belichick, if it's me, me personally, if I'm Belichick, I want to prove I'm the greatest of all time and I don't need Brady. So I want to win this championship without Brady. That that would be the way to do it. But you also run the risk of, okay, I won a championship, uh, Brady left, and then we were trash, right? So you always wonder about that. Now, I think they're setting this team up. Belichick is setting this team up for life after Tom Brady already. He's planning for this already. And Belichick does this a lot where he'll, like, draft a guy and he'll get rid of a guy a year or two early and then, you know, kind of play through it. And then all of a sudden the, the guy that's you know, was supposed to replace him is really good. And you're like, whoa, okay, well, how, how the hell do you know that was going to happen? So at this point he's not replacing Brady, but he's doing – he's building a team like he had in, in 2001, which is a team that has a great defense and has a very good running game and doesn't really need the passing game. Now, the passing game helps. With Brady, you become a Super Bowl contender immediately. But if you have a guy like Jared Siddham who's not there yet and maybe isn't a great passer, it doesn't really matter because you have a great defense and you have a great running game and you just need a little bit of the passing. Just don't lose the game for us and we'll at least be competitive. So I see him building that team right now for life after Brady. But I don't know, man. I also think, too, like at a certain point, yes, I think that Belichick is tied to Brady, and Brady is tied to Belichick, and it will always be the case. I think that'd be a nice, a really nice, uh, you know, it'd be almost a little poetic if they did leave together. Because, you know, I know Belichick has an ego, and everyone talks about Belichick's ego, and he's the smartest guy in the room, and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. But, like, the fact is, is that, you know, at that point, then, you can't answer the question, is it Brady or is it Belichick, right? Is it Brady? Is it Belichick? Who's more responsible, right? Well, if Belichick only lasts two or three more years after Brady and they don't win a championship, well, then you say, well, it was Brady. Or, you know, if Belichick lasts after Brady and they win a championship, then you say, oh, well, it was Belichick definitively, which is stupid, right? I mean, that's dumb, but that's what people will do. Yeah. But if they walk out together, then there's never an answer. Then it's like, well, you can always debate it forever and never really have an answer to it. And that seems more like Belichick style. Belichick's like, yeah, screw you people. I don't care what you have to say. Right, my legacy is cemented as the number one as the number one uh, coach in the history of the NFL. It's not even close. No one's even close. And so, like you know, it doesn't really matter what you think, because this is the facts. And so we walked out together. And so what? Uh, you want to you want to go back and forth about who who's more responsible? Fine. We got all these rings on our fingers, and it doesn't matter who was you know who you think was more responsible. You know. I never thought about it that way. I mean, yeah, that went out. People would just debate and scream into the clouds to right. the end of time, but. There'd never be a way to prove it, and that would be exactly you're right. That'd be so typical Belichick right there. Right. Um, all right, so one more thing before Go we get, let you get back to uh, your family. Uh, yeah, yeah. This Sunday, you know, mm -hmm. let's just let's pretend. I, well, I don't think you can play any worse than Darnold did last night as a quarterback. Oh God, no. Um, I, I don't. I don't foresee Baker coming anywhere close to that. Baker um, coming into the game. Is there anything at all on the Browns that makes you think, hmm, maybe we have a little issue here? Um, but yeah, what do you think about Sunday? 
Yeah. Well, uh, just to try just not to the, laugh. No, I, I, I won't. I promise. Just, <laughs> just on the Darnold thing. Just one quick thing about Darnold. Okay. I'm, I play, I'm a big fantasy football guy. I was in a fantasy league last night. I was down three and a half points going into the final, going into Monday night. I had no players going. The guy I was playing had Sam Darnold and that was yes, it. The negatives. He lost. I won by three and a half points. He got negative seven points for him. So, no, will, will Sam, will Baker Mayfield play that bad? No, he won't. I, I can't imagine he will. Um, I think the Patriots, you know, Mayfield's got, what, 11 picks in, in, in six games or so. So, you know, he's going to throw an interception or two, but that's Baker. That's what he's going to do. He, you know, he just, that's what happens. Like, it, and you live with that because you say, okay, you're going to throw a pick or two here. He's young. He's inexperienced. But he's figuring things out, I think. Uh, once he gets that gunslinger mentality out of his head, he's too much Brett Favre for the for the modern game, in my opinion. But either way, see the hint over there. On Sunday, look, I mean, unfortunately for you guys, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see any <laughs> spot where there's any question. And I think, Damn it. you know, Cleveland's defense is pretty good. So they could probably stop the run. And Sonny Michelle's been average. Like, so, you know, like the run game may not be may not be very existent, but like, the Patriots defense is just on such a roll right now, and they're just playing so well. And they're coming off a short week, and the Browns have had a week and a half, you know, or two weeks to game plan for the Patriots, and I get that. But even still, even with all that said, I just – I would be shocked if, you know, if I'm walking out of Gillette Stadium, you know, Sunday at 730 and, and you know, the Patriots lost to the to the Browns. I just, I'd be shocked because I just don't think that they're there yet. Do I think that the Browns can be there in a few years? I do. I really do think the Browns can be there in a few years. But I don't think it's this year. And, you know, and it's not going to be a bloodbath, I don't think. But I think it's going to be, you know, like a, you know, 27-17, 27-10, something, something along those lines, um, you know, where it's not it's not a blowout, but it's not necessarily super close either is kind of how I see it. Far, far nicer than I would have expected from a Patriots fan on prediction <laughs> for Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys have Tom Brady, but we have the Scottish Hammer, you know, the best punter of all time. I mean, it's um, true. Just yeah. going to be just dropping bombs up there that like we haven't seen since, you know, the Revolutionary War. But so that for that case uh, or in that instance, I think it's going to be, you know, the battle of two great defenses, you know, Browns nine, Patriots seven. But, you know, we'll have to oh, wait hey. for Sunday to check that out. You never hey, know. Hey, man, I'll tell you what, if it's nine, seven, dude, <laughs> I'll come back on the show next week and we'll talk about that because that would be unbelievable. We'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Pat, this has been great. Really appreciate you coming out hey, again, guys. It's been fun. Check out Pat. Pat's pulpit on SB Nation podcast. Patriot Nation podcast. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Best of luck me. on Sunday. Looking forward to uh, a good game. Let's look for yeah, a good, it should for a be good fun. Game. You know, it should be fun. And I do think, like, this is really the first. And I know the the Bills were a little bit of competition, but the Bills. So, like, come on. Uh, <laughs> the Browns, I think this will really be the first competition they see. I think the Browns are a pretty good team. And they can push the Patriots in certain directions. I just think the Patriots overall are too well coached. And they just have, they have too much talent, as far as I'm concerned. And so that's why I think... Even though they'll, you know, it'll be tight at, at certain points, I think the Patriots pull away at the end, and, and that's why you see the score you see. Yeah, I'm going to take flack from my buddies and people that listen to this of, oh, why don't you stick up for the Browns more and say this and that. Uh, it's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and 20 years, so <laughs> I'm uh, doing all that I can. Hey, right you know, now. you do what you can. But right? uh, what are you going to do? No, I get no other team would, would I, I would be to have his attitude towards, but no, I'm looking for a good game. You know, I hope you enjoy actually being at the game. Yeah. Um, hopefully I'm not hiding under my uh, – my coffee table, like oh, the fans were last night. But oh, uh, look, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking oh, forward yeah. to it. So back to back, back to back, Bill Belichick revenge games. Right? He hates the Jets because you know the whole Jets fiasco that happened with them, and then of course the Browns let him go. So back to back, Bill Belichick revenge games. Uh, you know, should be fun. He, Can't he wait. Might see some, might see some laughing and smiling on the sidelines, which would not be good for you. Can't wait. But uh, <laughs> no, Pat, thanks again, man. Uh, enjoy right, the rest man. of your week, and uh, we'll do it again. Thank you. All right, kid. I'll talk to you. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Pat Lane for coming on. Pat is the co-host of the Patriot Nation podcast. He's also a writer on SB Nation's Pat's Pulpit. You can check him out on Twitter at Plain underscore Pat's. Thank you to everybody that called in the Munilot payphone or submitted a question on the Angry Browns fan story question submission thing with your costume ideas. Thank you, everybody that listens to the Dogs of War podcast and subscribes. It's free. Tell your friends to follow the Dogs of War podcast on whatever podcast platform there is so that me and Kevin can someday afford a yacht. How'd I do? That was good. Great ending. So Sweet. let's wrap it up. Episode Once. Dose. 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 We're going to bring it to an end. end. 
Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in to episode 12 of the Dogs of War podcast. As Raleigh said, please go subscribe and rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. We'll see you next week after the Patriots game. Good night, Cleveland. Please.